Welcome, everybody, to episode 133 of the Metabilis 2 podcast, which features myself, Ben. And David. And uh, the trailer drops. Series 12 trailer, finally. Trailer. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure I agree with the whole trailers for trailer things. Mm. They should just go straight to, like, the trailer. Mm -hmm. So we watched the space, and... um, (laughs) We got a trailer. We got a trailer, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spaces for everyone, yeah, okay. Initial reactions to it? Uh, I liked it. You know, I mean, obviously, it's a trailer. You're right. supposed to like it. Um, <laughs> they want you to watch. <laughs> they want you to watch. There was lots of dashing about. There was some punchy music. Mm-hmm. To, we had a glimpse of uh, some guest stars mm-hmm. and some returning monsters mm-hmm. and some new monsters. And it's a Doctor Who trailer, basically. Yeah. We'll we'll go a deep zapprudering it in our series twelve preview, but it's out there. Uh, folks, yeah. folks certainly will want to check that out if they are at all remotely interested in see what Chibnall has up his sleeve. They didn't give us a release date. That was probably the most infuriating thing. Yeah, about. I mean, have you been following the kind of rumors that it's going to be New Year's Day again? I haven't heard that at all, actually. Oh, so I yeah, I can't remember. It was probably on Twitter. Like the, the the first episode is going to drop on New Year's Eve or something, and then it's going to be a two parter, and then the second part's going to be New Year's Day, or I don't know. I guess. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it seems maybe a little bit precipitous. I think they probably would have done more build up, but as, as we know, Christmas in Britain is the time for big TV things to happen, mm-hmm. and like it or not, Doctor Who is still big TV. But New Year's Eve, that's that's a little pat. That's a week past Christmas. Oh, it's it's all the same. Everyone basically people start working like the day before Christmas Eve, and everyone comes back to work on like January the second. So mm-hmm. no, it's mm-hmm. it's um it's that it's long all, holiday. It's, yeah, it's all Christmas. It's all Christmas basically. All right. Um, in in terms of, of Britain, so which means we would have if they actually do announce, we'll have to scramble uh, in December. We will here. have to scramble. Yeah, <laughs> it will be it will be a disaster for us. But let's let's just see. <laughs> let's just see what happens. That sounds it sounds like a bit much to me. But mm-hmm. I was curious to see whether you'd you'd mm. heard a similar a similar rumor or heard read a rumor. I've heard all sorts of rumors that they're going to do another split season like 6A and 6B. It was the rumor I heard. And I'm just going, really? That It's so short already. Why Yeah. Why? Why put a big lacuna in the middle of it? Yeah, I mean, certainly the, the trailer promises plenty of action and special effects. I mean, we've got some <laughs> BMW SUVs driving high speed backwards. We've got some... Mm-hmm. Well, had uh, Sir people, Sir Lenny Henry in there. Sir Lenny Henry, like mm-hmm. firing guns at people in what in in what looks like some kind of vineyard somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, there's, there's I you know there's obviously they're obviously planning a lot of action pack going. It did look more it did look more exciting than the trailer for the previous season to my mind. Um, look, looks slightly more thrills and spills, but then again, it's a trailer. You know, uh-huh. they add they they edit together the good mm-hmm. bits. So who knows? Yeah. Well, we'll see. And often with trailers, it could be just the pre-credit distraction setting sequence that has really no relation to any of the stories, like the Mo- Mike Lemovellans under yeah, exactly. Stephen Moffat. Um, yep. Yeah, we see a creepy-looking Cyberman, but that could just be like a glancing, 
a glancing flashback or something, yeah. So Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. And then as mentioned earlier, uh, Radio Times interviewed Chibnall on the debut, I think, of uh, coinciding with the debut of Series 12 trailer, and they asked, uh, what about the rumors of him leaving? And he says it's categorically untrue. So wow. all you Chibnall okay. non-fans, uh, suck it up. You got another series of El Chib. Yep, yep. <laughs> it's going to be Chib, Chib, Chib all mm-hmm. the way. But I think yeah, the good news for that on. is uh, Jodie Whittaker probably will be staying on for another series. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if we're starting to see like a sync up thing where like doctors sync up with showrunners and mm-hmm. it's kind of, that's what happens. I don't know, well, but but it's good. It, it it's certainly good. was the way with RTD and Moffat that yeah. there was no overlap in doctors at all. Yeah, yeah. I was pleased to see Jodie Whittaker changing her clothes. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, that was a plus. Uh, I wasn't surprised by the choice to have the doctor dress in a in a riff on a male tuxedo, but I was a little bit disappointed by that. I was hoping that she'd be more in a gown, something, <laughs> she wasn't in a bikini. something to mix it up just a little bit. Yeah, it would be would have been nice to see her in a lovely ball gown of some mm-hmm. kind. That would have actually been kind of. Uh, and I, the reason why that's good is because that would have been unexpected. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. You know, because yes. I think we're expecting to see her all kind of gentleman jacked up. Yep. Um, and she was. When, <laughs> and she was. She was definitely rocking the rocking the gentleman flea bag look. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. put her in a lovely long dress. That would that that'd be nice. I mean, they'll put. I mean, they'll go to like Victorian times at some. Well, I guess if they go back to Victorian times, she'll be she'll be like in a. She'll, she'll be just in be in her normal again. garb. Just yeah. like she was in Witchfinders. Yeah, maybe if they go back to I don't know. Anyway, yeah, mm-hmm. let's yeah, okay. Let's we want we want to get her out of the trousers, get her into a nice dress. Just just for one, just just for one show. So the big casting news, Stephen Fry and Lenny Henry, a former doctor, Lenny Henry. Uh, he was a former doctor, yeah. that is true, yes. <laughs> in 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 the Lenny Henry show. He was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where, where he... Does does Lenny Henry have much penetration over here in the united states absolutely none i only know him from that skit that he did uh kind of being colin baker i think <laughs> yeah wasn't didn't that because he was in that sitcom where he was like a chef that was on pbs for a bit wasn't it was that chef <laughs> yeah yeah i think it was but i'd never watched it oh see now you now you see you should have watched now it. i have a reason yeah now lenny henry's a big star he's the founder of comic relief yeah he is yes. uh, one of the co-founders of comic relief um and he's a yeah, big star so uh, he's a he's he, he's a comedian though he was in um i mean actually referencing chib he was in season three of broadchurch which is where mm. american viewers might be more most familiar of him he was like a villainous i think he was a villainous spoiler alert owner of a um, organic co-op <laughs> would go hand in hand actually exactly exactly i was not very happy to see stephen fry just being playing the standard stephen fry part which is mm. like posh bloke in a suit issuing right. orders right. um i think they probably could have been slightly more imaginative with what stephen fry is planning to do with himself but who who knows this is a trailer mm-hmm. so maybe he turns out to be something more interesting than than what stephen fry usually is again how much can you tell from a trailer but he was seemingly playing the you know the the head of the secret surface right or, you know right. whatever yeah it's exactly. a it's a typical moff gatus i can slip into this role really easily type thing for Stephen Moffat and Mark Gatiss. Yeah, yeah. So so we'll see. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll see what he turns out. Um, what did you think of the returning monsters? 
uh, the Empress of Rachnus, I think I saw. I think I saw the Empress of Rachnus. I think I'm pretty sure I also saw the Vardens as well. Oh, that's a good point. That could have been the Vardens. I was wondering about that. That that I think that could the be the Varden agenda there. The Varden agenda. Vardens, you gotta have the Vardens back. Um, and as long as they come back in, also in their boringly dressed kind of action man outfits, <laughs> um, as well as their kind of foil, glittery mm-hmm. foil outfits, that's then then I'll be I'll be happy if, it, if those are indeed the Vardens. And and then yeah. we had the Cybermen. Cybermen looked pretty good, I thought. Did yeah, I... he looked like a kind of he had that kind of skull thing going on. It was more of a Borg. It was more I think more heavily influenced by Star Trek or some of the uh, uh, wilderness years ideas where they would reboot the Cybermen to be more uh, corpse-like and hanging hanging yeah. together with uh, cyborg technology. Yeah, and it seemed like he kind of had like blood and stuff on him as well. So it, it looked kind of scary and gross, which is good. Uh, it was Graham's blood. Ah, Graham, you've been eaten by Cybermen. <laughs> <laughs> a couple other uh, guest cast, uh, a returning classic series actor returning to the series from Caves of Androzani, Robert Glenister, I think. Oh, yes, of course. Yes, he's back. That's good for all Androzani fans. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'm guessing this is on British ER, uh, Luca Kovac, who I, I guess that's the that character, is. Luca Kovac, played by uh, or the actor is Goran Visioning. Visioning. I can't. It's an Eastern well, European well, name. So I. Yeah, well, even if I did live in, live in Britain, which I don't, I wouldn't be watching ER. So <laughs> um, I don't know who that is. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I've literally never heard of him. Okay. And uh looks like some foreign location. It seems like we're back in South Africa again. Definitely. I mean, that vineyard looked very South African to me. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like we'll say, we'll, we'll really speculate yeah, on what, what yes, these stories will. are down the yeah. road. Or, well, <laughs> this month probably if it day drops in New Year's Eve. But, uh, yes. yeah, it's a, it's a mm. bit of a... Yeah. What, what can we say? It's a trailer. <laughs> it's a trailer. Like, it's trying to build up uh, interest, trying to get you to yeah. watch. Yeah. So I think actually a lot of kind of deep analysis of trailers is kind of a redundant contemporary activity because it is deliberately designed to make you want to watch it. So, mm-hmm. um, and of course, and, we want to watch it. <laughs> and we and the thing is, we're going to watch it anyway. So for us, it's kind of like kind of uh, completely redundant in that way. So in other news, did you see the Art of Chris Achilles book, Clack, being uh, flogged I on did. Twitter? What do you make of that? What do you think of that? I've, I've ordered my copy. Seriously? I've ordered, yeah, I've ordered the I've ordered the paperback copy. I'm not going to order a hardback because it'll just look. It just it's just like you it's know too pretentious. Um, yeah, and I think you know it'll it's 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 a print on demand. So mm. um, uh, I always think those those hardbacks look a bit tacky in print demand if they mm. don't have like a. Mm-hmm. A dust jacket. Um, yeah, I, th- I think if they if they do good reproduction, I mean, the owner of um, so I guess I'm I'm taking a gamble on that. Um, Chris does do uh, prints of his target covers via his website, right. um, and I believe those are scanned or those are taken from the original the original transparencies that were used to create the covers. Mm -hmm. So the reproduction, if they're working with Chris and he's supposed to be doing a commentary on each, on each, on each cover, then I think the reproduction should be very good. I do actually know the owner of um, pretty much all of, well, a good proportion of Chris's um, original art for the target covers. Mm. He's a resident of Southern California Huh. So they maybe they even went to him. I doubt it though. Mm-hmm. 
but uh, the reproduction should be good because they're working with Chris Achilles. He's got mm -hmm. the tra original transparencies. Um, Going to be a commentary on each cover. Yeah, it's definitely mm -hmm. a, a no-brainer buy for me. Yeah, a great, great title. Clack with the double Clack. K. Yep, from the his famous cover for uh, Dinosaur Invasion. Mm -hmm. And it's p uh, published by Candy Jar Books, which is a relatively new publisher in the Doctor Who scene, I would think. But I haven't I haven't heard of their other books before, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. They do all those endless kind of Lethbridge-Stewart series Ooh, that they... okay, yeah. The, the spin-off, yeah. the spin-off ones. Yeah. All right, yeah. Which which I, I, I kind of avoid because there's, there's way too much Doctor Who stuff for me to mm -hmm. bother with that. And uh, I'm not hugely a huge fan of, like, giving characters a giant amount of kind of unfeasible backstory that they couldn't have possibly done in their entire life so right. yeah, I kind yeah. Of, I'm, sh I'm sure i'm sure they're really good i'm not kind of dissing them they're mm -hmm. just not my well i am dissing them but they're just not my cup of tea yeah it's a whole i think it's, i think that series is the lethbridge stewart series right and then they have a spin-off from that the lucy wilson mysteries which yeah whatever that is <laughs> yeah you know good i mean good for them good mm -hmm. for them it's fine yeah so. right uh, any any more any more Doctor Who news gossip that you've you've discovered week, on your travels? Oh, I hate to I hate to go into the realm of gossip, right? But, but there is this rumor that has been circulating, and I just want to get your take on it. And I don't know if you've heard it, but they are going to establish that there were oh. twelve regenerations before the Hartnell Doctor. Yeah, yeah. Have you heard um, that? And all twelve are, of course, going to be women. Lady doctors. Um, yes. Goodness, have I? Yeah, I have heard it. That was on Twitter as well. I don't know. Um, <laughs> are they? Um, it seems like that would be like a lot of exposition to go through. So, a couple of things. One of which, no way are they going to build like an entire episode around that there were twelve previous doctors before Hartnell. That's just that. That's too boring. Um, and not very interesting, um, mm -hmm. unless, of course, those 12 previous Lady Doctors turn up, uh, which I guess would be kind of interesting. I'm thinking if that rumor has any truth to it, it'll be a, it'll be a, throw, a throwaway comment um, like the Great Sheet Rebellion. <laughs> well, what I'm wondering is, I yes. think back with Brain and Morbius, yep. we had the uh, battle between Morbius and the Doctor, and we saw yep. all the past supposedly past incarnations of the Doctor at that time. Yep. And I think it was Paul Cornell that speculated or wanted to ask uh, Hinchcliffe and Holmes if what Holmes had in mind was, were these past lives of the Doctor, and that's why they had the throwaway line of 13 regenerations or 12 regenerations later in The Deadly Assassin. Were they planning that Tom Baker was the final of this regeneration chain? And something would come along, and that would that would be the it. end end of uh, the Doctor as we know it. Because if you if you think back in mid seventies, this show had been through several iterations, and you know what more could they do? Right, right, right. So right. I, I I wonder if this is uh, treading on ground that has already been tread before. And not explicitly picked up with uh, Hinchcliffe and Holmes. Holmes specifically with the uh, the doctors, which were I think more or less retcon to be Morbius in uh, Brain of Morbius, and then with the introduction of the limited regenerations and Deadly Assassin. Yeah, but it's that's gonna that's gonna be that's too much explanation, right, for like contemporary audiences. 
Yeah. What do you think? Well, I think what RTD did right with the death of Doctor Who, the Sarah Jane Smith adventure, is just pull out some ridiculously large number how many regenerations the Doctor has and just leave yeah. it at that. I I think this goes back to the, the point with Moffat where did we really need to have have that whole regeneration bit that he he uh he concocted with uh time of the doctor with the crack and clara begging the time lords and it just are we richer for it and then it's the same type of uh bit where moffat inserts the war doctor in Mm. uh, sir john hurt for a, a missing doctor it's at a, at a certain point, we seem to be collapsing under our own uh, history. Yeah, I mean, that's that, that's a bad thing. We want to try and avoid that as much as we can, in mm-hmm. my opinion. So, I mean, I mean, I guess you know, of all the past doctors, apart, you know, of, of all of the classic series doctors, Hartnell is the one that we really established is a key one in the new series. Mm-hmm. You know, we've not really had the involvement of any of the Doctors apart from the Hartnell Doctor, um, because right. he's actually been in it. Well, so, right, yeah. Um, I guess if we were going to like establish a bunch of pre-Hartnell Doctors, then we're already kind of set up for that a little bit because we already know as new Who watchers who William Hartnell is or mm-hmm. who, the, who the first Doctor is. It seems to me to be kind of a trolling rumor, um, <laughs> because it 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 incenses the you know the not my doctor crowd right. who like hate anything that's got a woman in it apparently right and it also it enthuses and 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 excites the like ah oh, all doctors were always women all the time men are simply an aberration right. crowd which is the other flip side so it's the two kind of trolly trolley pole the trolley poles of fandoms <laughs> of fandom um have been infused by this rumor and i suspect that that's precisely why this rumor has been developed by somebody on the internet mm-hmm. in order to create a whole bunch of crazy discussion by the crazy different ends of fandom and podcasts of course and podcasts <laughs> as well uh, so that's why i think it's not true mm. um because it's it's it sounds too good i.e. too exciting for everybody to be actually true. It's just, I'm I'm not seeing what story purpose it would hold. Uh, no. The War Doctor was invented to fill, uh, to fill a hole of Christopher Eccleston not returning yep. and then giving, uh, uh, again, Moffat giving, giving, making his mark on it. I guess Chibnall would really make his mark if all of a sudden we have a dozen more doctors before Hartnell, but it's they're not going to have screen time. We're going to probably just get some, if it does happen, uh, footage from expropriated footage from other serials or television shows or perhaps contemporary actors uh, portraying the doctor in earlier stages, or we'll get pictures like we did in Brain and Morbius. yeah, it's uh, I don't know. Yeah, I I, I liked it when it was, <laughs> again. This is my old old guy bias. I liked it when it was just the Madman in a Box, which is of course a, a Moffat Matt Smithism. But it's it, the you know Troughton wasn't heavily leaning on this uh, 
history and Pertwee even less so, I think, until we had the three doctors and, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, fourth doctor. It wasn't until we had J&T eras with uh, effectively Castor Volvo where he's unraveling and all his pasts are coming up and getting into him and then he's being interrogated and Earth Earthshock or was it, or not Earthshock, it was uh, Resurrection of the Daleks. Right. Uh, that we started getting these loopbacks of uh, continuity and I've never been a fan of the multi-doctor stories and less so of uh, even less so of inserting uh, like the war doctor or doctors into the run yeah and I think um, Russell Davis RTD he was deliberately against a lot of this continuity um, and I think that was that's right basically um, when the when the show was kind of relaunched mm-hmm. But I mean, and I think I think Moffat, being more of a different kind of fan than RTD, wanted to introduce a lot more kind of you know retro continuity. Wanted to stitch everything show. to better uh, One, together, exactly. better, right? Exactly, and I I just think that's not generally a good idea. But I mean, this is a sci-fi fantasy show, and these kind of shows continuity is a huge thing because the people who like these kind of shows, the fans of these shows love the continuity aspect. What is great about Doctor Who, as I think I've said before, is that it started out as not being a fanny continu you know, right. a fanny science fiction fantasy show. It started out being like a family show that everybody watched. And, you know, if we're gonna keep on obsessing about kind of continuity and retroactive continuity and time lords and previous generations i mean all we're doing is just like i think as i feel went wrong in the 80s we're just pandering to that desire to fan everything um which i guess maybe we're all fans of something now thanks to the internet um (laughs) you know being a fan is now a thing that everyone is right um whether that's a good thing or not i've no idea i think it's probably just a thing in which case you know i'm just an old man shouting at a cloud at this point <laughs> um so there you go that's my that's my take yeah that's kind of how i feel it's sort of like i'm i'm really not on this train and i might be looking for the station <laughs> looking for my uh, stop at the at a certain point because you know, I have my childhood memories and I always feel like the old man shouting at the clouds when things change and, you know, yeah. you have the right doctor for Anastasia of uh, last week's generation and the right, right story. Right, if, right, uh, right, right. You know, to me, history is convoluted and intricate and interesting enough and I've gravitated uh, from fiction, uh, being a really big fan of fiction as a teenager and as an adult, more and more, the only type of book that I find satisfying is history and various uh, uh, various research into historical events and reading multiple authors on the same yeah the, the same period of history to get different perspectives on it and I I just wonder if Doctor Who is uh, starting to crawl up inside itself a little bit too much in some ways and uh, which which I mean I think I think it I think it is to my, to our minds but I think that's essentially and that used to be a uh, I think that used to be a problematic thing. Um, but actually, as I think I was saying, I think that's now what popular culture is. It's it's that the what you see on the screen is simply a cue for everything else, mm-hmm. and the main the main work of a popular show, popular 
sci-fi fantasy show like Doctor Who or a movie franchise like Star Wars takes place away from the object itself and it takes place within everything that spins off from it, including kind of, you know, discussions of continuity and fan stuff. Mm -hmm. um, that's the that's the show, really. Right. And I think, you know, in, in essentially the people who are making money off all this want us to consume everything else rather than just what we see on the screen. So... Um, and I think that's a retrograde step. I think I think to have, you know, laughably, of course, since I spend at least a couple of hours, if not more, every week doing a podcast on the subject. <laughs> that the uh, uh, I think the the problem is is that is that you end up doing nothing but obsessing about the thing that you're told to obsess about, um, and you have no other no other major interest. Yeah. So I don't know. So yeah, uh, this is this become a bit of a downer conversation, isn't it? Well, perhaps. I believe it was Rob Shearman on the Galactic Yo-Yo podcast. I think was talking about how perfect Doctor Who would have been if it went just from uh, Unearthly Child and ended with the chase, because that follows Barbara and Ian's arc completely, and you have right, right. you know you have the Daleks at the beginning or near the beginning, in the middle with uh, invasion of Earth, and then at the end with the chase, and it shows the, the uh, you know the Doctor's character development. It shows the change of team dynamic within it, and it and it's perfect. And after after that, the series is struggling to reinvent itself you get bigger and bigger epics where uh in some ways like the dalek master plan is trying to slam together all the dalek stories where you have elements of the chase in there uh in the dalek master plan where you in the uh, feast of stephen type right. episode where, where you have the haunted house and the chase but then you have the hollywood sets in in uh, feast of stephen which was kind of a throwaway thing and then you go all through history and the very next episode after the chase, I think it's the time meddler where you introduce, oh, there's another time lord out there. And, right, right. And after a certain point, uh, it, it's kind of like the Disney phenomena. You start uh, having sequels on, I don't know, The Lion King or uh, Pixar with Toy Story. You start telling the same story over and over and over again. And maybe that's the point where uh with uh, very long copyrights very long royalties that you have to always be trying to make money off the same thing rather than things going into the public domain after a dozen years or 20 years that we are stuck in this corporate loop of uh constantly recycling trying to milk the cow same cow and you know build up from that yeah, you know, I, I think as everyone says, I mean, what we'd like is new stories rather than, you know, the same story extended or redone. But then again, when I say what we'd like is that, um, maybe actually that isn't what we'd like. And maybe what we do want is just the same story told over and over again or extended backwards and forwards through itself. Mm -hmm. I mean, the most egregious example of this is is Disney doing, you know, CGI animated versions <laughs> of its animated movies. Right. Like, who the hell... Where's the audience for that? <laughs> how could that possibly some be something that people will want to go and see? Yet, they do. So, mm -hmm. um, there you go. Um, but the idea that actually the, you know, the kind of 
the 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 Star Wars movie that Disney makes is really only a prompt for us to go to Disneyland and Disney World to go to the new Star Wars theme park. That's really the only that's what those movies are for hmm. um is to get us to do more things consume more stuff around star wars buy more merch buy more merch just as, as weirdly conversely i think you know the most popular franchise of recent years from disney has been the pirates of the caribbean movies which were an adaptation <laughs> of a theme park ride in the first place right so i i wonder cuz we we've always had storytelling as as humans it's one of i think the hallmarks of our uh, being human and myths and religions often would tell retell the same story with different heroes, different uh, characters, different gods. And are we getting to a point where we're running out of stories and we need a new mythology? We need a new, a new reboot, a clean reboot of a distill Doctor Who down to its bare minimum, where you have a. a a stranger, a traveler in time that has a time machine and solves solves mysteries or rights wrongs. Is that really the nub or the core core of the series? And is that the story that we need to tell rather than yet another adventure with the Cybermen, yet another adventure with the Jadoon type uh yeah, but approach. I mean, it was. But I mean, the clean reboot. Well, that, well, that that was what that was what RTD was doing in two thousand and five, right? That's what he was trying to do, and by, was trying to do, but by it's, but it's, but by just having the Daleks in themselves, it it opened the door to return Davros, and then the following series we had the Cybermen, and it's. So I mean, I think there it's like, well, maybe it's just not possible when you say clean reboot. Then I think what you're talking about is not even it's not even called Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's a it's a person mm-hmm. who can travel anywhere in the universe at any time mm-hmm. in the universe who does good things rather than bad things. I mean, that's so. Um, in some ways, you know, that's so. Uh, I think generic's the wrong word, but that's so kind of uh, vague, right? That that could be that could describe anything from Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, because obviously you see those movies and like right. they can travel anywhere and affect you in any time. To you know, I don't know. I'm thinking pretty much any other sci-fi franchise. Like Star Wars was a uh, Lucas couldn't get the license for Flash Gordon or something fell through with that, so he invented a Flash Gordon-like universe for Star Wars. It's very episodic. It's uh, the Saturday morning serial. Doctor Who probably isn't going to be made by the BBC forever. It's the 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 structure of BBC and British television is changing from a corporate instrument of the BBC, uh, uh, you know, in house to being most dramas are uh, bid upon by private production companies, and it's not a it's not a house organ. It's not a house vehicle, and. I I just wonder if there's going to be a future of Doctor Who that's more of a co-production or certainly if the I mean I think if because we have a general election on the twelfth of December and far be it from me to say he's going to win but it's going to be the Tories mm. and mm. certainly you know from what I can observe there is a strong movement to ending the BBC in its current form and I think that's coming from both left and right um, but particularly from the right. Um, and by ending the BBC in its current form, I mean reforming the funding of the, well, reforming, changing the funding of the BBC, i.e. Re- 
to getting rid of the TV license. Mm -hmm. um, in which case, the BBC then becomes something else entirely, and it becomes a lot more like a PBS style structure um which i think is what everybody thinks they want but i, I don't think they really do want it mm -hmm. in which case i think a, a flag a flagship show like uh doctor who is really that's it's going to change mm -hmm. and if no one wants to take it on if no studio wants to make it um then it's going to stop hmm. okay even though it's a cash cow, that's what I wonder is it's, it's a, it's a money mill. I mean, it's a cash cow. It's, it's, it, yeah, I think I, it I continues mean, on because it makes money more than anything else. Yeah. But I mean, I remember it's, it is made by the BBC, which has a, you know, still a, it has a charter and ostensibly a, a remit, not simply to entertain, but also to educate. Hmm. Um, so I think when I say Doctor Who stopping, yes, that's one thing. I think changing completely is would might be another thing because when you don't have to do certain things, then you won't do them anymore. Um, so there might conceivably be more money coming into Doctor Who if it gets taken over by you know Disney or um, there aren't really any film studios in Britain. So I don't know who would do it in Britain, but if it gets taken over by somebody else, then it will be very different. I just wonder what the future future lies for our favorite program because television has changed significantly from the time that we were children where the most tie-ins product-wise there's very few in the states it was books essentially and then it grew, it grew to be the program itself uh, toys were pretty limited i think uh, we we had some daleks in the 60s some puzzles in the 70s and some really uh <laughs> dubious Kenny Fisher and then Daypole action figures in the 70s yeah. and 80s but Doctor Who really isn't a big toy toy mill like it is with Star Wars and I just don't know where where we're headed it uh it seems to be more commercial in some way yeah I mean I and having just said Disney I guess I didn't really mean them I mean I think what I'm thinking about is one of these big online studios or one of these streaming studios, which I guess I'm saying becomes like Disney Plus or Netflix or Amazon. Mm, okay. Um, I, that, that's where I would see it ending up if, as I think is probably likely at this point, the BBC goes away mm -hmm. and becomes fragmented and kind of, you know, chopped apart in the guise of making things better. And um, and I think it will change. I think it will, you know, I can see it becoming a lot more like a kind of a Stranger Things style show, mm -hmm. um, kind of, you know, deliberately retro, certainly more money spent on it, but not being as intelligent or as different as we like it to be. I mean, as much as, you know, I like to criticize the uh, season 11 still the great thing about doctor who is it's not like anything else right and i think once it leaves the bbc it will automatically start to become like everything else because of course that's what we want everything to be we we you know especially as kind of sci-fi fantasy fans we enjoy the comfort of things being just the way we want them to be hmm. makes me wonder if we'll see a blake seven reboot clean reboot just retell the same story like all a Battlestar Galactica a few about a decade ago yeah I mean, and again I mean I think the I think the issue there is is the is the property popular enough for a kind of reboot to make sense to everybody one thing that I've been thinking thinking about uh, yeah I guess I have been thinking about it but um obviously there's a lot online about the new um 
So I'm a, as as everyone knows, listening to this podcast, I'm a big fan of um, the British anthology comic 2000 AD, which has created some kind of classic characters and classic stories over the years, some great writers, some great artists. That anthology comics now owned by a, a gaming company called Rebellion, who are just opening a studio in Oxfordshire where they are planning to you know st- make shows for streaming but one of the one of the one of the top properties of of 2000 AD which everyone which online people you know this is a uh, it's a show it's a show about a kind of a mutant bounty hunter it's like wow this would make this should be why doesn't someone adapt this into a uh, property for for streaming it's you know it's got bounty hunters and mutants and mm-hmm. you know it's kind of like a space age western but then, of course, you know, in the last couple of months, we've we've had a space age western has just arrived, which is the Disney Plus is the Mandalorian, which mm-hmm. is set in the in the in the Star Wars universe. So that's a long long digression by saying that if we saw a Blake Seven reboot, I mean, all Blake Seven is some resistance fighters fight against an evil galactic empire. Well, that's just Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, so we already have a Blake Seven reboot. All you would have to do to reboot Blake Seven is have seven arguing members of the Rebel Alliance <laughs> find a mystery spaceship and they fight against the Empire as usual. Right. That's what a that's what a Blake Seven reboot is. Yeah, it is. It's not Blake Seven. It's just like well, we need to put it somewhere that everyone knows about already. Otherwise, mm-hmm. no one's going to watch it. Right, and that's that's the problem. I think no one's going to watch it. Everyone, everyone, most everyone is looking for that yeah. uh, familiar setting or the characters they love that's why the first uh, of the modern star wars movies or the contemporary star wars movies is a retelling of the the very first star wars movie in many ways exactly and you know i think that's what's redundant about all those new star wars movies is they're they're just the same star war movie just told again so you know the reason why we're not getting a strontium dog mutant bounty hunter um, tv show is because there is one already and it's called the mandalorian and it's set in the in the Star Wars universe, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the reason why both of the Judge Dredd movies have basically failed because it's an original property and people in general, both fans and the casual consumers of culture are not really interested in original properties. They're interested in something that they know about already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. I think that's a probably a good place to end it. We were going to talk about uh, Spectre of Landon more, but I think we should hold that off till next, next episode. Next week. Yes. So uh, if you have been, thank you for listening to episode 133 of the Metabilis 2 podcast. I have been talking with Ben. And I've been talking with David. And uh, Spectre of Landon more next week. Spectre of Landon more. Ha ha ha. All right. That's what it sounds like. Goodbye. Goodbye.